Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 117, Home Team Culture. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the worldwide shedquarters of the Gospel Underground. I have some very, very, probably the most special guests that we ever have here on the Underground. I have my family, at least most of my immediate family, except for my wife, Casey, who has told us she's not a podcaster. And I, I, maybe that's a goal, guys. Maybe that should be a goal to some, someday have Casey Janine Monroe Monahogan on this podcast. You think it's possible? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. She doesn't want to do it. But I have my whole family besides my wife. I have all my children, my kids, my kiddos, um, fruit of my loins. They love it when I say that. <laughs> love it. Um, how about you guys? Some of you, last time we were all on together was kids and coronavirus around two, no, a year and a half ago, probably, right after the, the pandemic hit and we were all at home experiencing, you know, not knowing if we were facing the, the, the black death or, or the flu and how we were experiencing you know, lockdown and at home and Zoom school and all that. Kylene had most of her high school career. Um, I don't know what adjective we'd used. Greatly affected by the coronavirus. Kayla started college in coronavirus, and me and Tommy just rolled out like we were good, right? So introduce yourselves to the undergrounders out there, uh, and we'll start over here from my right to left. Well, greetings, undergrounders. Uh, my name is Thomas Reed Monahan, spawn of Reed Monahan. Uh, I am- spawn is like, a, <laughs> I like that word. It's like the alien spawn. Um, so I am- something else. Yeah. I am a freshman in high school this year and baptized two weeks ago, which I'm very happy about. And that was a great weekend. So Big event, big event. You'll notice if you're watching the video, Tommy's the tallest now in our family. He's risen up and taken the lead and is 15 and uh, and probably the most regular listener to the podcast uh, in the room. Although all are listeners in some ways. Tommy used to hit it every week, pretty close still. So onward to the... You're in the middle. Isn't it just perfect? (laughs) I'm Kylene Monahan. You should go by Kai amongst the family. I'm a senior in high school this year. I am now the shortest, unfortunately, just by a quarter of an inch, but still. And you are the middle child. And I am and we, the middle child. We yep. set you in the middle. That was not intentional. Sure. Yeah. High achiever in the middle, breaking all the psychological models. <laughs> Glad to have you on, sweetie guy. Yeah, I guess I'm last. Um, I'm Kayla. I'm the oldest. Um, I am a sophomore in college, which sounds weird to say, um, at Washington. I just paid your uh, spring and winter tuition bill. So, uh, two years in the books. Very grateful. Yeah, we're not broke yet. Close, but not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so I'm a business and classics double major, um, and I'm home for Thanksgiving break. So I get to be here today. Awesome. Guys, we intended to do this episode. Well, we, the idea uh, was spawned in the summertime when I was asked to share with a group of about 30, 40 or so, I don't know, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, leaders at a church, frontline church in Oklahoma City, about kind of family culture, family discipleship. And obviously, there's many things we do to develop one another as a family, but we call our family the home team. And so I just scribbled down, I think it was in June, um, June, rhymes with Dune, um, Dune, you got to see Dune, the movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it yet. 
love and a lot of do promotional stuff. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, it's not, not a review. Not- you should see Dune and IMAX before it leaves the theater. But yeah, during the summer, I, I scribbled down um, some of the things that kind of I thought formed our culture. Because we didn't ever have these things written like as banners in our house or anything. But it's kind of the way we lived. And the interesting thing was I shared it in our group text, our home team group text, of, hey, these are the things that I feel like has kind of represented us. And you guys added a couple more. Mom, Mom's voice will be on here because she added one. And so we, we just thought it'd be fun to talk about a family culture because one thing like there's schedules for families there's personalities in families big ones small ones all quiet loud you know emotional and non-emotional there's all these things uh but the togetherness of it all both the things you love you value treasure forms a flow right jacob's well people and it forms a culture and then that culture becomes reinforcing and it affects all of us, right? For good or for good or bad, right? You know, you sit with your therapist in 20 years, talk about the bad. Uh, <laughs> but these things are precious, uh, important. And I figured we'd just spend an episode today before Thanksgiving talking about the things that have shaped us as a family. Now, if you've been listening, I've been promising a new series on embodiment or the human body and the importance of that. And you might be thinking, Reed, where is that? Well, before we get started, I'll just share some of my, maybe something that all of us share is like, we we all like things to be done well and right. And sometimes there's a little bit of a perfectionist strain that runs through all of us, all five of us actually. And last week, guys, I recorded with Jesse Fury, my co-host here on the Gospel Runner, the entire episode launching the body series. It's fantastic. We have video on it. We have audio. But unfortunately, I had a new set up here with new uh, things plugged in, lighting. I have a Macintosh computer. It's I don't know if I like it or not. Yeah. Trader. Trader, yeah. I don't know if I like it a lot. It was all this new stuff plugged in. And apparently, one of the large power supplies, power brick for most folks, uh, was too close to the to the recording device. And I'll play a little bit for you when we actually launched that series in early December. I'll play a little bit of the garbled mess that was that. Now, we could have went with sound that came off the iPhone or the camera and things like that, but it sounded like living in a submarine, and it was trash and terrible, so we decided to delay that. So we did start that series. You didn't hear it, but today we're going to continue kind of in these one-off things that you guys have really been enjoying. So uh, home team culture today. All right, guys, I'm going to just, we have seven of them, seven things. I know you guys have read those in text message and been discussing them and making jokes about them as we started uh, today. And so I'll just read these and then allow you guys to talk about it, riff about it, share stories perhaps from your childhood, painful memories, whatever it might be. (laughs) Uh, First one, number one, family mission, right? Uh, Our family itself wasn't the mission, but to follow Jesus, to love and to serve others. And to have them use our lives to seek and to save that which was lost. So you guys kind of grown up kind of trying to live out that mission. Um, lived in multiple places because of that, right? Uh, we've got two born in Virginia, one born in Tennessee. Lived a lot of time in Nash, Vegas, Metro. A little, little more time in New York City, Metro. Now we're here in the shed quarters. Living on mission, following Jesus as a family in that. How's that been for you guys? Um, I can start. I think the biggest thing about living on mission is kind of what you said too, though. It's not like we were given a mission statement at the age of four and it was like, okay, kids, here we go. Like it's not like that at all. Um, there's never been any pressure on us about what we believe 
Um, which I guess pastors, kids, people sometimes find that like very interesting, I guess, or I believe this. You better believe this. Yes. Like we were told like as little as I can remember, like ask questions and like, we want to discuss your questions about literally anything. Um, and that's something that I think has really shaped the way that we do mission together. Um, in that we all genuinely love and know what we believe, if that makes sense. Um, we all very much have thought about it deeply. The three of us have come at our faith, I think, in very different ways, um, but come to like the same conclusions. Um, we have friends that have questions, yeah. different kinds of friends with different questions. You know, Tommy and I were talking about that in the car yesterday about, you know, kids who are maybe pressuring you or something about it. And t- share a little bit of that story, Tom. I think it was interesting. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, well, during the COVID year, we ha- had lunch during school. And so my mom being you know, safe, made sure I ate outside. So one of my friends, um, I won't say his name. Yeah. (laughs) No names named. uh, He was outside with me and he has some interesting views and he always came up to me like, Tommy, I just, and I really respect this kid. He's very intelligent and probably the best kid at science I know. Um, He came up to me like, man, I just think religion is dumb. And I was like, okay, well, why? He's like, "I, I don't really know. I just think it's dumb. Like, what do you think? I was like, well, I mean, Personally, I don't, but I'll listen to you if you think it's dumb, and I'll hear you out. Just make sure you don't come up to people that do not think it's dumb and you know, explain why, and then they'll listen. But you can't just go around saying things that will just hurt people without even reasoning. Yeah, and without any game yeah. involved, without any argument. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's easy for kids, right, to say, oh, religion is dumb, to say, oh, no, you're dumb. Um, but to challenge someone kindly with respect, hey, well, t- well, tell me why you think that. And then to realize, this is something I realized, too, when I was talking to somebody who was very smart and an atheist uh, who was very close to me growing up, I thought he had all these arguments and reasons. And many times people haven't thought through what they believe. And so simple, kind questions back are very, very helpful. Now, now let's be fair for a second. We've never like said, you have to be a Christian because we're Christians. That's dumb. Right. Um, but there, there's kind of air you breathe, right? There's kind of an environment you're in. Um, how's that feel? And, and, you know, do you feel expectations or on you or how's that? I think in terms of also on the last point, but it ties into this as well. I think from a young age, what stuck with me was when we would talk about the hidden things and the revealed things. And so then this is from the book of Deuteronomy, the secret yes. things belong to the Lord, our God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children's children. Yeah. Yes, the so bifurcation of knowledge. Go. <laughs> and Casey's favorite phrase, God's yeah. revealed things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I think that really stuck with me. And in terms of growing up, that was sort of a framework for as I go through school, as I go through soccer and sports, I'm learning things and I'm learning because these things are put here by God. And so that's sort of the sort of the outlook that I had going into that. And that was definitely shaped by our family views, our values. And I wouldn't say that part was more so much of a pressure as this is a the lens that I'm recognizing that I'm seeing the world through, which yeah, I appreciate. Yeah. A framework for yeah. learning and discovery even. Yeah. I think at a young age, I definitely was like, I want to say, I want to say the right thing, you know? Yeah, right? yeah. We have the cataclysm questions. So I want to, this is also me personally. I want to okay. get it right. I want to be right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Kai is usually right in our family. And if we, if we doubt the appropriateness or the, the, the ethical rightness or the mathematical 
clearness of something we said what do you think kai and uh, or as my wife says don't like i'm not in support of this one yeah look, look at kai's look at kai's face look at kai's face yeah, the whole family stops if someone's saying something on edge and I, I make a face jokingly yeah it's usually me it's usually me saying something borderline inappropriate and my wife instead of correcting me she allows kai's face to correct me <laughs> which has a has a more powerful effect i must say so yeah i mean i think like just in looking at you know that Deuteronomy is kind of the restatement of the law and the covenant of God that, that the the world itself is created, and there's some things that we'll never ever know, right? There's someone always smarter than you, always somebody smarter than them, uh, because we believe in God. Uh, but yet there is this world that God has given and opened to us, both His world and His Word, that we can learn. Right. And so I don't know. It just felt like a right place for humility, which is necessary for learning. And I've seen that in all you guys, a humility to seek out and grow in your intellectual capacity, your spiritual ability to understand things. Um, humility, but also confidence that there is truth to be found. That's, that's one of my frustrations with the modern world is like, we're actually teaching in higher education places. There's no truth to be found. It's all this constructive things. Yet people are demanding everyone find the truth and, and obey it. Right. Even if it's just your truth, whatever that means. So family mission and, and, and Christ is the center of it, right? It's not that, um, Kai's face or me or Kayla or Tommy or Casey's the center of it. at least, you know, on the days that it all, that we are, we kind of like, Oh gee, Reed's being a little pissy or something. Uh, but keeping Christ as the center to look to the one we follow. Um, we kind of try to at least remind ourselves that, uh, when we're kind of flowing. So, Family mission, right? The the mission, uh, this is really important. I teach this in marriage conferences, family parenting conferences. It's easy for, especially Christians, because marriage and family is valued, to make that the highest thing. Well, we're, the family's not an idol. Your children aren't an idol. Uh, the family has a mission, right, that's given to us uh, by God. And that, I not, as your dad now, I'll be a little sappy or, you know, I'm not going to get teary-eyed today. At least I hope not. Um, Thank you, Will. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys probably know how to do that, so please be careful. Um, the reality is that as a dad, you know, I'm almost 49, to become a Christian around 20 years old and then to watch your children look things through, examine the faith uh, at later 15 years old, decide on yourself, not when you're four years old getting baptized, but 15 years old, deciding to be baptized or seeing you, Kayla, you know, being involved in leading small group Bible studies and at the university, right? Uh, Kai and I reading, you know, science and apologetics books together and thinking together. That's just a wonderful gift from God and a joy that I, I get to experience. So, uh, number two, so first family mission, number two, leadership and influence. Okay. Uh, that we desire to influence other people, right? Not in a, in kind of a heavy way, but like, you know, we want to stand on our own if necessary, right? We're not just flowing with whatever everybody in the world believes. But the reality is we're out in this world. Why not lead? Now, I know Kayla can be frustrated if she's not leading something. Uh, <laughs> but how how is that kind of, you know, not maybe it's an expectation, but a desire. That's probably a better world. Why not, right, uh, lead others to what's tried, at least the best we understand what's good, right, and true, and and for to love people? I think leading can be a little nerve-wracking. I mean, in high school, I've, I'm involved in several different leadership activities. But I think it's definitely, at least this hasn't been an expectation put upon me, but if I have the capacity to lead, I think I should. I think that an organization that I can lead to 
further God's purpose is something I should definitely do because that is an ability that God has given me. And I feel like it's, I don't want to say obligation because that sounds like negative, but it is an Maybe obligation. the good word, good use that used to be in our society, even the good use of duty, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, doing your duty meant that there was a right and good calling that we should walk in. Because sometimes it's hard or we don't want to. I don't leave these fools. Um, yeah, that's a good thing. Not a heavy like obligation. No, I have to, but I get to, so I should. Yeah. And I think growing up um, in the context that we did, where it was like, I mean, they sh- Y'all started a church in our living room like I was seven or seven, five and two. Um, And so we saw a lot of different kinds of leadership on display from both you and mom our entire lives in a way that a lot of kids probably just won't necessarily see. Because like you think of your parent like going to work and doing like their leadership thing there. Well, that was our living room. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And so I think all of us were like, okay, well, the expectation is we all help set up chairs. We all help. We stand up front when they need help because we're the only kids that can do things because they know us. Um, And then our church was very young people, 20 somethings, maybe just having their starting to have babies, but no kids. And you guys were like the, you guys and a couple other fans, the Thomases, the Palmers were kind of like the, like we were the ones who stood in the front of the church and danced the song (laughs) because Paul Helms needed us to dance. Like, so like that, um, where it was always kind of like we were, put a little bit out of our comfort zone if we didn't want to do something we didn't have to but we we wanted to it was getting to be a part of what we were doing as a family um and then getting to see like there's no better servant leader than my mom um i would say hallelujah Um, and the way that she um like sacrifices and hosts and the way that she like leads quietly to me um has something has been something that just is amazing. Um, and, and honestly, I'm really amazing model for us that I know I've tried to follow. Um, and so finding then what we're gifted at in terms of leadership, um, because all three of us end up have ended up stepping up, but with no pressure from anybody, um, just kind of naturally wanting to help make things better. Um, no matter what context it's in, like if we're involved with something, then how can we, make it better and if that means they need people to step up then okay we can totally do that and i think it's cool in terms of we've led some of the same things in high school but the way kayla's led is very different from the way i've led yeah. it. and sometimes personally i'm like oh kayla does it better but <laughs> we it's not so much a comparison as you get to learn from each other from the way scale's much more effluent than i am she's out there <laughs> yeah. and i'm just more but at the same time, like, you got that. but she the got way that almost 1600 SAT book, I'd be like, going to, <laughs> Sorry, guys. no, I love it. Effluent. But- yeah. Effluent. Kayla is, uh, yeah. Effluent Gregorius and you, and you're more thought through quiet, and you're more structured. And so, structured, yeah. and like, I, like the way that you've been able to pull off, like even what y'all just did with, um, the student council being able to pull off this giant Thanksgiving, like, um, project. I don't imagine like I ever could have done nearly as effectively as you could. So like things like that, like we definitely learned from each other. And honestly, the best part of it is getting to be proud of each other um, as we learn how to lead better and we learn from each other and we bounce stuff off each other all the time. Um, And I think those have just been really huge blessings. Amen. Tommy, how's it been like being the baby? Obviously. I mean, I know it's been good for you. You got three women in your life that love you to death. Uh, can't be bad, but how's that been kind of watching mom and your sisters and me? And, and the other thing in church planting, you guys actually got to see more than just your parents. You got to see a lot of young leaders learning to serve, learning to, you know, Hey, if you don't stack chairs, you don't, you don't get to run everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so leadership, 
guys listening, it's contagious when it's seen and modeled. And Tommy had a lot of modeling because he was like little dude. Tommy had a, had a rough time being born. He was in the NICU for a while. You couldn't breathe the first night. I mean, I remind him, I prayed all night for you. For, the only time I've ever prayed all night for anything in my life. Uh, held vigil over Tom in this little space bubble that helped him. That was you, <laughs> yeah, right? Helped that, you breathe. That was me. And then, and then the kids, the girls got chicken pox when Tommy came home. Oh, Kai the, did. Oh, Kai, got chi- Kai got chicken pox. And so Tommy, being a fragile little baby, couldn't come home. So we had mom and Tom lived together for like six weeks in another house. It was kind of crazy. But you've always been the young guy. And uh, I think of what an honor to get to watch these girls. But how's that been? Uh, yeah, um, I, I can't really say I'm quite as involved in uh, leadership roles as like mom or dad or my sisters even. I, I, me personally, I've seen all these examples and they help me to help me with conversations with my friends because the way I've just kind of led people through life, it's mainly just been through like connecting with others and the environment around me, like on my soccer team. If anyone's got an issue, they always come to me or and someone's got a question in school, you know, they shoot me a text. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm there. But I've always felt You're like, trusted by people. Yeah, which yeah. I think is and, great. and people respect me, even yeah. though like – I have some friends that do some questionable things sometimes. They're like, hey, I, I know I would never ask you to do this because I respect you. and I <laughs> Well, you respect yourself. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I, my mom asked me, like, oh, did these guys do something to you? I'm like, no, I know they would never do that. And the reason why is because I lead by what I do and they respect what I do because I'm not like a bender. Like, someone asked me to do something and I know it's wrong. I'm not going to, like, bend. I'm not going to, like, okay. Yeah. I'm just like, nope, not doing it. And. I have some people that don't like me for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But just that's, seeing examples from older people. Like, that's where we have the phrase that's borderline that I use. It's inappropriate. Screw them, right? Yeah. <laughs> like people who want you to bend or dance or be something you ought not be or compromise something. Um, they matter to God. It's not that they don't matter, but they don't matter that much, right? So screw them. <laughs> All right. Um, look at Kai's face. Shouldn't say that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Tommy has a um, a quiet strength, which is very influential. And and I, I have enjoyed watching all three of you guys uh, lead and influence in different ways. So number three, life of the mind, right? These kids had their own uh, uh, logic songs when they were little. Uh, so thinking, reading, questions, thoughtful engagement with culture, with people in culture, right? has always been a part of our family, um, and I think something we all enjoyed. Um, and I think a lot of parents think is very difficult to do. It's not that difficult to do. You just have to do so together. So how is that? I mean, we've already hit this a little bit uh, indirectly, but uh, life of the mind. Uh, Kayla's in college. Kai's a senior. Tom's now in high school. Um, this this is said without any pressure, without any expectations, without any arrogance from me um tommy you're you're fine get some d's if you want well don't get d's he's not getting d's yeah there's no b's let me just say that at this table ever so far and and i'm very proud of that too not bombs her latin yeah thank you for that unless kayla kayla bombs well you're in college you get b's now Uh, (laughs) (laughs) actually i've been telling kai please get a b please ain't happening yet so you guys have done well academically get me ice cream or something yeah if you get a b i get you ice cream there you go (laughs) you get rewarded for it's okay um so those are just marks we know the grades don't matter um it's the the love for learning academic engagement how's that been growing up in a family that values that well i'll say this first off um 
since we did discuss grades a little bit and are kind of joking about it, grades really don't matter to us, which sounds kind of odd, like, because with the kind of academic pressure we put on ourselves that has never come from my parents, it's been all self-motivated pretty much um, from all of us. Our goal is not the grade. We genuinely just like to learn. And so it reflects in our grades because we do well and because we push ourselves really hard. But it's not ever been the motivation. Um, and so, I like, for me, we're self-declared nerds in the best way. Um, and I'm really honestly proud of that. Yeah. Um, and we all like engaging with, like, deep things. I mean, we've had deep discussions around our dinner table since we were probably six years old um kind of a deal and so that's just always been a part of our outlook on the world um is asking questions is engaging with one another and learning how to have good discussions which came a lot from kind of the classical christian roots we had at wilberforce yeah, the wilberforce school in princeton new jersey was a wonderful partner with families and I, we love that model of education because it really is a partnership between the home the church and the school um that we, we owe so much to. Uh, thanks, uh, Karen and Hal. Yeah, for sure. And so I think, you know, that love of learning and that desire for like, honestly, even like reading, um, which guys, the queen of a reading rally in February. Uh, I went through a rebellious phase where I wanted Kayla to play with me, but Kayla read so much on the couch. And so then I was like, I'm going to hate books yeah. because yeah. Kayla doesn't pay attention to me. And that... That, uh, that was a short it didn't couple last. years. Yeah, until what, second grade in the reading rally where Kai's, Kai's also very competitive. Uh, not not boisterously outwardly, but very, very fiercely internally. And so she wanted to read more books than everybody in the world in second grade. And then, and then she, she loved did. books after that, of course. When you read good books, you love books. Yeah. Tom is reading Dune right now. <laughs> Dune by Frank Herbert. Yeah. Um, personally, with the academic side of things, in school, it's viewed, at least from my perspective, is like almost a competition between the smart people in our grade. <laughs> so, like, some of your friends will get like, "Oh man, you got eighty on that? Yeah, you suck." Um, it's a we, lot. Of, they, they go to a high school that's in a college town with lots of professor kids yeah. and and uh, intellectualism. I'd say, you know. And so, with me, I'm like, okay, you got a better grade, but. By the end of the year, I'll still get a better grade than you in the end because I value, like, actually getting the material down. And that's one thing I really appreciate my parents. They always ask me. I get home, say I got a D on a test, which I've never done. Um, Say I get home. The first thing, it's always the first thing. Mom or dad, do you know what you got wrong? Do you understand it? Do you understand why? Yeah, do you understand why? Now, it's not that you got it wrong. It's bad. It's just, like, if you don't understand the problem or you don't understand what's going on, then we need to work on it, and then we need to review it. But if you understand it, you know, it's okay. We're learning. Yeah, you rush. You make mistakes. That just stuff happens. But if you really genuinely don't understand it, this is one thing, too, you guys have realized and taken advantage of about educators. They usually like to teach and want kids to learn, and so they don't mind you saying, hey, I don't understand. Can you help me more? In fact, they would probably prefer that happens yeah, much more I than it does. I think that culture of wanting to ask questions drives us to understand um, intellectually and other subjects in theology. I think we'll talk about that later. But allows at least me and in terms of my nerd friends i love having conversations with my nerd friends because (laughs) they will ask a question i have one friend i'm really close with who's an atheist who will ask why do they believe such and such and it's 
not actually what Christianity is. And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> the Bible says something different than whatever news thing you saw that said evangelical Christianity was. Yeah. yeah. So I think having that relationship and that person who knows you're passionate about learning and finding the truth yeah. is willing to engage with you and have that conversation, which is a, which is a pleasure to have. I really enjoy those, those times when I can engage with my friends that way. Yeah. Amen. Speaking of theological convictions, guy, um, obviously all the, all of the world is created by God. And so doing mathematics or uh, biology or poetry or whatever it might be, um, history uh, is a worthy study and, Yet, uh, to have an understanding of the things of God, right? Foundational grounding. And so, this has been very important to Casey and I. Uh, and, you know, you hear the stories about pastor's kids or whatever. And I was like, man, I don't want, I don't want my kids to think God is stupid because I've been stupid working too hard or loving the church too much and not being around. And so, uh, but our fourth one, okay, first, for, for first we went with family mission, leadership and influence, life of the mind, three, four. Uh, theological convictions, okay? That means believing true things are true, true, right? Uh, theological convictions, yet never lived in a church or Christian bubble. And by that, I mean sequestered off from the ideas of the world. You can't listen to this or that or see this or that. You know, just kind of this harsh uh, separatism. Some would say fundamentalism, perhaps, historically. Um, so our kids grew up in New Jersey for the most part. Uh, we wanted desperately, like most Christian parents, our kids to be uh, resistant or inoculated, if it, as it were, to being captured by a culture that doesn't love God or doesn't even believe that true is true anymore. Um, but we would not live in fear of the culture uh, or think we need to hide in a Christian subcultural world. Uh, I remember as a young believer going to a Christian bookstore and like uh, um, seeing the music session and there was like this chart. You guys have never seen things like this. <laughs> Thank God I, I made sure you never saw things like But it said, if you like Pearl Jam, you would like this. And I was like, what in the world? Like, like is it wrong to like Pearl Jam? I mean, I, I, I get Pearl Jam music is not all great, but I can filter that. I can understand. In fact, understanding what is good and bad and that, you know, Jeremy spoke in class today is an important part of being a Christian culture. And so there is this uh, fear sometimes that parents have to say, if we don't keep them from everything, they won't believe anything we've tried to pass on to them in terms of the faith. And so um, we have theological convictions that, that Christ is the incarnate God, third person of the Trinity. The Bible is true and trustworthy, right? God created the world. We worked that out scientifically and how and when and all that. It's really fun. Um, but we have like what Tim Keller calls crunchy religion, like real Christian, like, like not this like blase, I'm Christian, but I don't believe any Christian things anymore, right? Um, theological convictions, but never subculturally bubbled off. How, how, how have you guys felt about that? Because you interact with... Maybe a lot of different things here. Uh, I was just going to say that that f um, fear of showing your kids too much and getting them like exposed to the wrong things is a, a realistic fear and like a good and, and a good like concern, a good, good concern and, yes. from parents because I've and seen, something we've done yeah. right. Mom is very very vigilant about yeah. what you guys get exposed to when right how old things. because I've seen many people that you know, grow up normal Christians and then they get exposed to something and it's just like, 
yeah. on a dime. They'll just go crazy, go insane. But for me, um, going through this, whenever uh, mom has done a very good job at showing us the things we need to see when we need to see them, I feel like. So even when like I get exposed to something, I would always go to usually it was mom because me and mom are pretty close. I goes, why did they do this? Like I had a question a couple weeks ago and I was like, mom, why is this? Like, why is this the thing? And then we talk about it, discuss it, and then, you know, understand why, first of all, they think it's right, and then understand why it's either incorrect or why it is correct. In some cases of unknown things, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a... Yeah, where the boundaries are and where the edges are fuzzy, right? There's, um, there are fuzzy edges around things. I made a joke about when and how the world was created and, you know, hominids and humans and Adam and Z's and all that. It's important theologically important but yet there's you know different ways christians might look at that and so not hesitating to say hey this is right and wrong but then yeah, you know this is why and this is okay yeah but it's been for me at least me and kai went on a 10-day trip to minnesota without our parents um for soccer and uh, that was really like a eye-opener a revelation <laughs> not that i had not seen so, well just imagine like three girls soccer teams and Four adolescent guy soccer teams in a hotel together. One hotel. For 10 days. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's not that I hadn't seen some things before, but I was really challenged and people were like, let's, you know, let's go stay up all night and do this. I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Um, and it, it, just knowing what we had established as our family values and knowing what my values were and sticking to them was, like, very hard. And, like, I was kind of by myself a lot of the time. But through that conviction, like, I may not have enjoyed five days of the trip, but the other five days when I found my crew and I got out, you know, I really had a great time. Amen. Amen. That's good encouragement if your parents listening out here. Sometimes your kids are going to have to stand alone. You're going to feel bad about it because you don't want them to be the weird kid or whatever. Um, But I love what you said, Tommy. I found my crew, right? You can always find your crew. Um, And Christian or non-Christian, right? But who's not going to say, come – look at this mess and do this mess and treat, treat women poorly, these kinds of things. And uh, yeah, find that crew and be patient and parents be patient, right? They'll be okay. Just tell them, Hey, you'll, you'll find your crew. And I think too, though, for parents, if you try and completely bubble your kid off, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. You live in the age of the internet um, and you live in a place that the culture is in your face and it is going to be if you go to Kroger. Um, and so I think that it can be difficult to try and walk a line of how can we be in, not of. Um, but it's worth it. Like I think for us, sports is a big exposure kind of point for our lives. And that would, that would be, a, I would say throughout most of our lives, that's been where we interact with kids who are just coming from completely different places All from over us. the place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, having a, a similar, like, we all want to go score goals and we all want to work together um, is helpful because then you you learn how to be on a team, you learn how to care about people. Tommy wants to stop goals too. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was a forward, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I think finding, like, areas, whether that's, like, sports, whether that's dance, whether that's band, whether that's theater, whatever, um, finding things that your kids are passionate about. I said theater for myself. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> uh, encourage them. Like, don't 
don't stop them for going out for things or for trying things or wanting to explore things that they care about or things that you care about that you want to expose them to. Um, because I think that as long as you have a home base, um, to come back to, to bounce off of, to, to thoughtfully engage with the steal his favorite phrase. Um, (laughs) and to really be able to like work through, the things that are going to come up, that's what's going to prepare them so that they can go to Minnesota for 10 days and go engage with the world. That didn't just happen out of left field that like y'all went and were able to like successfully navigate something that was challenging. That came from a lot of framework that came from a lot of community that came from a lot of discussion that came from our family culture. Like we've been talking about. Um, And so I think that idea of like locking yourself in a bubble can be just so detrimental in the long run. Um, And, come off as fake sometimes. Um, and so I think finding that balance is way more difficult than a bubble in a lot of ways. A bubble is very safe feeling. Um, but I just don't think it's the most helpful. I think it uh, relies on establishing trust from a early age in that I understand why something is happening. So therefore I'm going to trust you. And when I have a question about something, I trust that I'm not going to be chewed out for having a question about something I'm going to be engaged with and try to figure out what's happening because when you're young and you're interacting with the world in, in school, in sports, even in church with some of the kids kids around, things are going to be different. And you're like, what, what is happening? But it's not good to have that. What is happening and feel like you can't ask anyone about it because you're ashamed That's right. or because, or you're, yeah. Or you have certain feelings about something that you need to talk about with, with somebody. I appreciate that word trust because you've you've told me this multiple times and even probably more recently. Um, you know, when I'm concerned about stuff going on in the world heavily and worried about like and you can tell I'm a little concerned it may be getting it on you guys or something. And Kai will like, Dad, trust me, I know what I believe about this. I'm like, Okay. And and I and, and here's a little warning to parents. I can be um subtly uh, saying I'm really not trusting you. And you feel that, right? And that's not good. And so, once you raise them, they got to be out there. You can't keep them, man. They're they're going to be uh, amongst things and people. And, and another reason, right? We're Christians. We're, we live the loving to serve, seeking to save. This is a mission, right? We we want to be there. We want to be present with people. So that means you're going to see all kinds of things together. Tom, go ahead. Yeah. I want to be in the borderlands between the church and <laughs> yeah. Come on, Tom. What's up, Tom? Tom's going to be my co-host and the guy's wandering around a few years. Um, no, no, and Jesse. Jesse, I'm not demoting you for Tommy. Nepotism. Um, <laughs> junior yeah, co-host. junior co-host. Welcome to the gospel. Yeah, so yeah, that's really, really important that that kind of trust conversation uh, can be had as the board, you live in the borderlands. That's right. We're called to live there. And you're going to see stuff, right? I mean, I remember Kayla, you know, soccer team, she's probably 10 years old, had a girl, had two moms, right? It was very evident. And so you're, you're talking about stuff at a very young age in, in, in culture. All right, number five. And, and we probably can go quick on this one. Uh, excellence and achievement. Okay, so I just wrote a couple words down here for you guys that you'll get a kick out. Tryhards, right? This is what kids kids use this pejoratively, like in a negative sense. Oh, he's a tryhard. I'm like, hey, wear that badge. Yes, we're going to try hard. So, and then we have a thing, and I've, I've shared this, I think, on the podcast before. We have a thing in our kitchen, a little kind of kitschy, like you think you buy at Bed Bath & Beyond or something, Michael's, a uh, little wall plaque thingy that says, just be awesome. And, and look, 
we believe that. Like, why not be awesome? So we believe in trying hard, doing well, achieving, right? Excellence. Um, but realizing that we, when we fall and fail, we do, all of us, we need to fall hard into this sea of grace. It's okay to fail. But when you realize it's okay to fail, you, you have the freedom to swing hard and try. Uh, so, so try hards. Yeah, Tommy and I joke about uh, my week of failure. Uh, yeah, my week of failure. It was, uh, it was a bad week for Kai. Yeah, and, this summer, right? And Dad, quote, labeled it. I know Kai's going through a week of failure right now, but she's doing great in handling it. <laughs> to our family group chat, it was amazing. Uh, it was just day. what I needed that morning. But at the same time, it was, it's sort of like the culmination of we're getting to a place where we are like swinging for the fences. I think I was, I was at nationals for skills, my drafting skills USA and I, and I lost. Because she was a two-time Virginia state champion already and didn't win the the country, right? And she ended up getting fifth. Let her talk. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. He wants to brag and I, I don't. Yeah, but. yeah. I'm just bragging on her because she was amazing. But because she tried hard, she was in a place where it's hard to win. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, and then there was a big soccer game that we lost. But at the same time, after, well, there was a couple other college soccer <laughs> failures in the next month. Well, but Kai right. was trying to go to some of the most competitive Division three soccer programs, academic schools that everybody wants to go to. And, and yeah, it's all good. Made it to the very end and was told no. Yeah, yeah. We were all sad. Yeah. But but at the same time, that's definitely been like a learning experience in that it's not I'm ashamed that I failed. I'm sad, definitely. But at the same time, it's a at least I tried. At least I put all I could out there. I don't think I could have done any more throughout high school to get past that point. I just, I just. Steroids. <laughs> <laughs> performance enhancing drugs I mean, I mean more legal things and kai let me just say to you just from your dad and i can look right at him i might get emotional here um here it comes folks no it's it's you you have still wonderful opportunities and people pursuing you for all the things you want to do both soccer and academics and so it was hard to be told no and 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 to be honest when you when you've been successful at things regularly it's hard right to be disappointed to be um and i think the week of failure thing was a joke at least being said jokingly but um oh yeah yeah, yeah. i was like guys of failures <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a joke about the same same thing about getting bees, right? It's like, okay, we're, it's hard. It's hard to try hard. When you're invested in things, when you really care about something, whether that's school or sports or matters of the heart, you know, it's like it hurts, right? It hurts when you try. Uh, but I'm proud of you guys because where would it be? We, we, we always are accepted by God. We, we have each other. We have the grace of Jesus Christ that's with us at all times. Keep trying hard. Tommy, you could give bees even though your sister's didn't. They're already through high school. Don't compare. It's a, it's a poison. <laughs> That's what my dad always tells me. You, you know, you do your SAT, you're great. And your sister got 1440 and 1560. There's no <laughs> expectations. You can get a 1200. That's all right. That's I a got, really good score. I got a 1210 in college. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's because we're just, we're, you know, because you guys throwing the bars up there, you know, kind of thing. All right. Number six. Um, Openness and conversations, okay? Willingness to always have someone around who will listen to us when dad won't, to vent and bounce ideas off of someone. Go. 
That saying go means we should start. Um, call to action. Uh, so for me, I, our family is, I, I trust my family more than I do anyone. And that's just come from, well, number one, me not wanting to read when younger. So I might as well go talk to my siblings or watch TV with them or play board games or just talk with someone in my family because didn't want to read. Um, but through those days, I've just, like yesterday, I think it was yesterday. No, two days ago, two days ago. Kayla just came back from college, and she, she was a little grouchy, no offense. Um, and I was like, hey, Kayla, just come to my room, help me do some homework, you know, just because I'm not supposed to look at screens after 8.30. Um, That's to help Tommy's headaches. Yeah. We're limiting screens. Um, and then me and Kayla just talked about Fahrenheit 451 for about half an hour, and then we talked about college and everything. I was just like, oh, this is great. I'm just so thankful that I have someone here to talk to, and Fahrenheit 451 is a weird book, but I'm not done with it yet. So, um, But it's just that through the years of just constantly talking, I know I can always come to one of them and just be like, hey, I am bored. What do you want to do, you know? And yeah. that's something I've always enjoyed over the years. Awesome. Ma- mainly guy. <laughs> yeah, I think over COVID especially that, definitely grew at least for me me and tommy got really really close over covid he's he's nice and tall now so we can go for longer walks and i can <laughs> feel safe <laughs> yeah. so we got really close and i think kayla and i too over like the quarantine together just like having someone to talk to is is really nice and then i like having two siblings so if one of them is maddie you can just go hide and talk to the other one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have more than one kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think also um, I'm a talker by nature. A verbal <laughs> yes. processor? Yes, I'm very external um, in the way I process things, which they aren't necessarily all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah Kayla and I are probably the external talkers. Yeah. Mom, Kai, and Tommy are more internal. House got really quiet when she went to college. <laughs> it, it was shocking. <laughs> there's, a, there's a marked difference when she comes back and when she leaves again. It's not a bad difference at all. It's just very, it's different. Just very different. It's very palpable. Dad, for me, for me, for me, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It was hardest on me. I was like, huh, nobody's talking to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think with that, as someone who does need to talk, um, the value of listening has been something that I've been more grateful for, especially the older I've gotten. Um, and y'all are really good at that. Or mom, mom is really good at that. Um, most, most of the time. Most of the time. But like the way that we've always been, like when you get in the car after school, all through all of school, pretty much it's okay. So how was your day? What'd you do? And for me, I'm the kind of person who, like, I will give you every detail of my day and you will know everything about it. And Tommy every- says, good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so, like, but, like, that building that kind of a culture where we all do talk, um, where we all do listen, and we all have learned how to get better in helping people who need to talk or need to listen, um, I think is something super valuable that, um, and, and the fact that we genuinely care. Like, I want to know how, like, your clubs are going. I want to know how your classes are. I want to know what's going on with X, Y, Z. Um, and I feel like we all are that way. Like we want to engage in each other's lives and that desire then is how you foster relationships that are actually trusting. So when things happen that are hard, um, or when things happen that are confusing, um, (laughs) that's who you call first. That's, that's who you want to talk to first. Um, and being away from that for me, like physically, has forced me to get actually i think for me going to college i got closer with everybody 
Um, I was about to say, me and Kayla's relationship has improved like a lot since <laughs> she left to college because before I used to get on her nerves and I still do. Um, but I used to sometimes uh, intentionally, well, <laughs> most of the time. I used to be like, oh, Kayla's so annoying. Why should you do this? And now when I look back, I'm like, oh, Kayla, that was annoying. But I loved it. So I wish she was back. So whenever she's back, <laughs> like she got in the car and just went, oh, I'm tired. I was like, oh, Kayla's back. <laughs> it just made me so happy. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's one of the most valuable things about our family um, is that we know we have a safe home base. Um and having open conversations constantly is a part of that. Even if we're running a thousand miles an hour in every different direction, somehow we still manage to check in. I don't really know how, but we do. This is uh, this is something that your mom has been great at. She's just she's not like loud or you know. Well, sometimes she's loud. <laughs> You're mad enough, um, but she's always like inquisitive, asking you guys questions. And well, and because she's not a overwhelming a conversation person she does listen amazingly well and and it learns to draw things out and so um now i've had to learn to draw things out of her uh, but that's my role uh, in her life so kai anything else on conversations nope <laughs> <laughs> no, i feel like we covered it nope all right finally number seven this is the last one and we'll wrap here humility and service um i simply wrote here nobody is a big deal uh, and everybody is a big deal. Um, Tom, you like that, don't you, Tom? Like you like this Red Bull racing shirt I got on too, don't you? <sighs> <laughs> Tommy does not like that. So humility and service, how you relate to other people in the in, in our family and in the world. Nobody's a big deal. But everyone's a big deal. But everyone's a deal. Tell me what you think I mean by that. Is it a meaningless statement or a very meaningful statement? <laughs> it's ironic. No, I don't know if it's ironic. Yeah, it's meaningful. It's not meaningless. It's not a contradiction on purpose just to be a contradiction. There's a sense distinction in the logic of this, uh, this proposition. Let's not, let's not get too nerdy on it. <laughs> I mean, I think honor and, and service... Hum, humility and service. I, I like honor, I though. That was a good word. Yeah, that one, too. Sorry, guys. I think they humility and service really go hand in hand. And I think, for me personally, I think you probably don't know this, but in like 7th or 8th grade, we were talking. It was just a random conversation in our living room. And then Kayla was saying, I talk too much. And Dad was like, no, everyone has different things. We love how much you talk. And and. Someone was like, oh, Kai doesn't have any problems. And I was like, well, that's not true. That was, and, that was probably me. I, <laughs> I think Kai is perfect in 98% of the way. And dad said, well, Kai struggles with an inner pride. And I was like, I didn't know that you could see that. I don't think that I saw that. And I definitely since then have been really aware of that being a truth and that it's something that I work wrestle with with God in terms of Outwardly, I try to be as humble as I can, but inwardly, sometimes I'm like, this is pretty great. But, <laughs> but I, I've definitely grown in the past several years, like recognizing like, this would not have been possible without God. So I think he's definitely the center of my humility and service, especially in, uh, Kayla mentioned earlier, I just coming off of, I'm very exhausted, but we had this huge service project that my uh, student council, I led at our high school, which fed like, hundreds of families in the community. And I think looking around at that, it's definitely very humbling and seeing this, I could not have just done this at all. Like I am, I'm a very small part of, I might've been doing the logistics, but this amount of money and food for all of these people, 
it's definitely from God and definitely from all of these different people in our community. And so I think having that humility as a, as a lens for service towards others really pushes me to want to serve more and serving these fools on either side of me <laughs> as much as I can is something I, I really enjoy and like helping Tommy out. Now he's, he's had a little bit of a hard time with headaches and yeah. so trying to help. And his tough guy dad's not as helpful as his siblings would be. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. That guy's I guess like that's a baby whenever he gets sick. Yeah. It is true. It is true. So nobody is a big deal, meaning like none of us are better than anybody. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, for me, humility is really, I wouldn't say it's been an issue, but sometimes I just say like, I'm so confident in myself that things can't go wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but for me, it's, I base a lot of my traits of work, working hard and humility off of people in my life. So like, you know, dad's one of them, and my grandfather on my mom's side is probably the biggest influence. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa D. Yeah. For doofus. Yeah. For naming Kale something else. Um, uh, but he's really one of those people that he, everything he does, he's always got a smile on his face, and he's always thinking about how it'll help the kingdom. You know, he's always a very God-first person in everything. And I, me, as a younger person, I just didn't understand that i'm like how are you just so nice to everyone yeah. <laughs> like there's this guy we were walking in new york and this guy just gave him the bird and he was like have a good day and i was like how do you do that i just like it didn't compute for me and then through the years i've seen dad and him just the way they work just for the advancement of god in every way it's just really humbled me in a way like man if they're humbled then like i can't be talking myself up because these people are like a thousand times better than me so like what am i doing yeah, some people get married and they get in-laws. I got a dad, um, you got a grandfather, and uh, that's a, a wonderful grace uh, to our family. Thank you, Terry. Yeah. I think I don't And know. Mimi and Nana. And <laughs> yes. No, I, that's been one thing for me that's been fun, actually being in college. I talk to my grandparents all the time because if I'm bored in the middle of the day, I know they're they're free, so I could just call them all the time. Um, but... I think something else that goes along with service um, and humility is like just the fact that we have deeply rooted in us, even if we don't always believe it all the time. And I'm calling myself for that one, but um, that we know we're unconditionally loved by God and by our family. Um, And that reality makes it a thousand times easier to be like, okay, well, if I'm loved, then I and I'm so overjoyed and blessed with this, then I want to go love other people. Um, And then knowing that you can come back and be filled up by those people who love you so much makes it just a joy to go serve. It makes it like a strong desire to want to go make life better for others and to bless others because you're so filled up. Um, And I think, humility comes with that it's like you didn't fill yourself up you are not the one loving yourself enough to go and figure out your life and help other people like you just don't as much as you should not beat yourself up like you are not gonna raise yourself to a level where you are just top top of the world um and so that humility is really important as a basis of like you know we love because he first loved us amen um and so I feel like that being the foundation of everything we do 
coming from Christ and from one another um, is how we can be humble servant leaders, is how we can joyfully go out and serve people who might not even reciprocate or might not yeah. even care about us. Um, but you still want to, and you still get to, it's a privilege and a joy rather than like an obligation. Yeah. That's well said, Kayla. And I appreciate you saying, and I have to persuade myself to believe this because we all, we all know that we struggle. Right. And yeah. Kayla and I both struggle with internal self loathing at times, like thinking we're not good enough or whatever. It's a, it's really a demonic devilish voice. It's not from our, our father and creator, but, um, we all wrestle with that. And that's part of it. Part of us supporting one another. I think I know I'm supported well by Casey and you guys, cause you guys know my weaknesses, right? It, it's funny. Like when you, when you, your family knows your stuff, right? They know your you know, Tommy knows I'm a whiner about when I'm hurt and he just called it out. Right. We know like, you know, where we struggle and, and, and sadly, sometimes families can use that against each other to hurt each other more. Cause you're like a Jedi and hurting people. Cause you know where they hurt. Right. That was we, me to Kayla, unfortunately from years like four to seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also Kayla big timed you in those years a little bit too. And so when you lashed out at her with skills and, and, and a plum, uh, it was, it was a little earned. We have video proof of that. <laughs> Kayla big timing you. Um, I think, those were the years I said, guys, your sister, someday you're going to know that you only have one sister. <laughs> and like, Amen. Sorry. I think that in terms of your, your ironic statement, I don't think it's irony, but of everyone's big deal. No one's a big deal. I think that, is like that's not irony. That's incorrect. Guy. You're you are right on that. What is it though? I what don't is know. it? I don't it's know. a, it's not, a fantastic. Right we'll sentence. geek out later. Go, yeah. go, go. <laughs> but in just we can all celebrate each other in your accomplishments and what you're struggling through and trying to like your goals and trying to work towards. And at the same time, no one is on that pedestal of oh, Kayla is leading like however many ministries she's leading at college right now, and so she is just. The Monahan man. Woo. That is the it doesn't feel Bruin that way. of the year. Yeah, she she is the Bruin of the year at our high school. But we can all we can say, Oh, Tommy, I really admire him for the way he interacts with his teammates and he knows like everyone at school. But we can all work together in that none of us are so above the other one and but at the same time we're all very important. And mom does a great job of that i think she's yeah. really celebrates us all and then i think the past few years with some of the family things that have gone on with surgeries and everything it's been yeah. important for me and i've learned a lot in like supporting her and yeah. towards you guys as our parents yeah there's this weird weird reality that your kids don't stay your kids uh, or they don't stay kids they stay your kids but they don't stay children um, they grow, they grow in wisdom and stature, they grow in grace, they become, you know, more sisters and brothers in the Lord. Um, and that's something that's, you know, I just, a lot of parents resist it because they always want to see them as the little people that ran around their house. Um, or, or there's a certain, there's obviously a certain appropriate emotional barrier that you can't go as into everything with your children. Um, mom and I probably have different views on how far you should be open with your kids, but, um, <laughs> yeah, mom's very private and, and I'm probably a little too open. Uh, but the reality is, um, we need each other. God knew that. 
Guy and I have this joke from when she was little. I used to tell her, um, hey, I'm really glad that you're in my family. <laughs> How'd you used to reply that? Well, I mean, just like thinking about it. I, st- I still hold to this claim. I but know, because you would think deeply about because it. Because I couldn't have been anyone else's child. Because if I was born to someone else, then I wouldn't be me. Like the only possibility of me existing is because I am your child. I know, I know. <laughs> logically, you, of course. You are logically correct. And what, <laughs> what I mean by that is like, Hey man, there's not always the case that families like each other. Um, and I'm really grateful for how the Lord has fearfully, wonderfully made each of you with your personalities, your, uh, quirks, your skills, your excellence, your demons, your flaws, every bit of it. It's quite an honor, um, to, to God sovereignly determined that you would be your, my kid and know everybody else's kids. Uh, and we get this opportunity to participate in life together and to, as you guys have gotten older, I, we receive so much from you as well as what we've uh, hopefully put a good deposit well, in your lives. I hope you receive some stuff back from us because you've spent about $8 million on this. <laughs> so. Tommy, Tommy and I know... Uh, and have discussed it often. Maybe someday when I'm a grandparent and Tommy names me, what are you going to name me as a granddad? Dude, bro. Dude, Not bro. happening. Dude, bro. This is a conflict in the family. Not happening. I'm going to literally live in Tommy's basement watching Premier League uh, soccer with him when I'm old and wearing diapers, wearing a Red Bull racing shirt and watching Mercedes and uh, McLaren go down in Formula One. And we're all reading Kai's uh, PhD dissertation on the quarks and quasars of the mathematical structure of the universe. That's what we plan to do. But this week, happy Thanksgiving, guys. We head off to Grandpa D's and Nana's. Guys, be good to each other this week. Your family, you only have one. Be good to each other. Enjoy the little things. Enjoy some turkey. You want to say? Go ahead, Tom. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great holiday. Peace. I always wanted to do that.